All right, good morning and thank you for joining us on this beautiful Monday edition. I'm the Panther edition of Talk Football Talk Sports on Empire Radio 104.5 FM. I remain yours truly, um, Jerry Fuma, but feel free to always call me the Jace Wonder. Um, let's ride together through that world of sports um, this beautiful Monday morning. I'm not alone in the studio. I have with me um, the playmaker himself, Desmond. I do welcome Desmond. How are you doing? Uh, good morning, Jerry. And, uh, good morning to all listeners at home. It's good to be back on the Monday edition. Uh, I hope that our people out there you know, are trying as much as possible you know, to go through the rigors of this country. <laughs> you have to go there. <laughs> All right, it's a new week as always. We are thanking God for life. Please stay safe out there. Um, always sanitize and wash your hands. Yes, sanitize and wash your hands as well as keeping your environment super clean. I'm um, talking about talk sport team and all of us here at Empire Radio. Um, we are wishing you all a great, a safe, and a productive week ahead. Um, let's quickly look at other sporting actions starting with Formula One where Max Verstappen came from 6th on the grid um, to win the Belgian Grand Prix to continue a dominant 2023 season. Um, the Red Bulls drivers, um, the Red Bulls 8th consecutive victory in the final race and um, before the summer break extended his championship lead to 125 points. Uh, Verstappen led Sergio Perez home to a Red Bull first and second finish uh, but was in another league form was, was, but was in another league um, from his teammate Ferrari's Charles Leclerc to third ahead of Mercedes Lewis Hamilton and Aston Martins Fernando um, Alonso moving on to tennis where women's um, world number one in Gatsiatek um, beat Laura Sigmund 6-love six 6-1 six in Warsaw to win the Poland Open it took Swiatek 68 minutes to beat Sigmund in front of her home crowd um, claiming her fourth title this season after wins in Doha, Stuttgart and the French Open meanwhile 15 seed Alexander Zverev also defeated Laszlo Gere in straight set 7-5-6-3 in just under two hours to win the Hamburg Open final. Zverev won his first title since the 2021 ATP final in front of his home crowd as well and became the first German since Michael Stich in 1993 to win on the Hamburg clay. In golf, home favourite Selin Botia won the first major title of her career with a resounding victory at the Evian Championship in France. The 29-year-old extended her overnight three-shot lead to finish six clear on 14 under after cutting 68 in the final round. Bautier is the French winner at the Evian Resort Golf Club. Um, Canada's okay. Bautier is the first French winner at the Evian um, Resort Golf Club. Um, Canada's defending champion Brooke Henderson finished second on eight under while Japan's Nasa Ataoka, who was second overnight, fell to joint third on seven under. Finally in golf, Alex Jelka beat Pedrick Harrington at the second playoff hole to win the Senior Open Championship on another day of brutally difficult conditions at Royal Portcal. Jelka bedded the par 5 18th to claim his third senior major after Harrington could only manage a par. Um, moving on to boxing, um, Terence Crawford dismantled Errol Spence Jr. to become the four belt era's first undisputed welterweight champion. A WBO champion knocked Spence down three times before the referee ended the punishment in the ninth round. The win makes Crawford the first man to win undisputed titles in two weight classes as he stripped Spence of his WBC, WBA and IBF titles. Spence, who was undefeated in 28 fights before the Las Vegas showdown, was defending his eighth world title in a row. Albert Crawford, in his 18th consecutive championship bout, staked the firm claim to be the world's best boxer as he extended his win streak to 40 fights at the T-Mobile Arena. Spence has the option to activate an immediate rematch and Crawford said he was open to agreeing to a second fight. 
Uh, moving on, still in boxing, um, Callum Smith's title fight against WBC, WBO and IBF light heavyweight champion Atobeti Abiev in Quebec on August the 19th has been cancelled because on beating Bietabev had a jaw surgery. 33 year old Smith stepped up to light heavyweight after losing his WBA super middleweight title to Saul Canelo Alvarez in December 2020 and end the title shot against Bietabev after defeating a title eliminator against Mathieu Bordeluk last August. Russia born Canadian Bettebev is unbeaten in all 19 fights and is the only world champion with a 100% knockout ratio. While Smith's loss to Alvarez is the only defeat of his professional career. And finally, in the Ultimate Fighting Championship, the UFC 291, Justin Gaethje beat um, Dustin Poirier by knockout to win the symbolic BMF title in Salt Lake City, Utah, thereby staking a claim for a shot at the lightweight belt. Gaethje is the second winner of the BMF title and was handed the belt by former champion Jorge Masvidal. Gaethje saved victory after one minute of the second round with a right high kick on Poirier and now has a shot to fight lightweight champion Islam Makachev who makes a second defense of his title against Charles Oliveira at UFC 294 in Abu Dhabi on October the 21st. Justin Gaethje lost to Dustin Poirier via a fourth round technical knockout in 2018 but has, but has vastly improved since that defeat and looks full of confidence in the win to gain his revenge on Poirier. In the co-main event, Alex Pereira beat Jan Blakovic by split decision on his light heavyweight debut to put himself in contention to fight for the vacant um, title. Um, in the ongoing FIFA Women's World Cup in Australia and New Zealand goals from Eugene Lee Summer and Wendy Reynard on the other side of Debinghas goals saw France edge Brazil 2-1. Um, Alice Swabi's second half goal was enough to help Jamaica claim their first World Cup and win in a 1-0 victory against Panama while Sweden trashed Italy 5-0 thanks to Fridolina Rofo, Amstina Blackstenius, Rebecca Blomquist and Amanda Ilstedt's um, double. Linda Caicedo's opener was cancelled by Alexander Pop's penalty but Manuela Venegas' 97th minute winner ensured Colombia stunned Germany 2-1 um, um, Norway dismantled um, Philippines 6-0 um, and um, Switzerland as well as co-host New Zealand battle to a goalless draw while Ibtisam, I'm sorry, Ibtisam Jaridis' Ellis goal gave uh, Morocco their first win at the tournament with a 1-0 win over um, South Korea. Switzerland finished up of that group with 5 points, Norway second and 4 points. Uh, both teams qualified for the round of 16 while co-host New Zealand and um, Philippines um, both on 4 points and 3 points respectively crashed out of the World Cup earlier today. Um, goals from Alushumon Wemba and Barbara Banda and Rachel Kundananji helped Zambia to a 3-1 win over Costa Rica while Japan humbled Spain 4-0 thanks to Riko Ueki, Amina Tanaka and Anata Miyazawa's double uh, Japan topped that group with 9 points um, while Spain finished second with 6 points um, Both teams progressed to the next round Zambia thought 3 points was not enough as they and Costa Rica uh, who had no points on the board crashed out of the tournament. While ongoing matches right now um, involve um, Canada versus Cobos, Australia, while Republic of Ireland face um, the Super Falcons of Nigeria. Uh, the Super Falcons of Nigeria top that group of four points. Canada is second, also on four points. Australia is third on three points, with all three teams battling um, for the top two spots. Um, joining us also on set is uh, the gunner man himself, Ike Okoye. Welcome, Ike. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing great. All right. <laughs> um, right now, um, I don't know if you're um, following up the Falcons match. I think yeah. still zero zero. Still, I presume. Still zero, zero. What about the other match between uh, Australia? And... Uh, the one between um, Australia and Canada is um, zero one currently. Australia leading. 
by one goal. So for those people that said uh, beating Australia is, uh, <laughs> they think it's easy. Yeah. Uh, you, you, you should know that uh, it, it, it took a lot of guts from the Super Falcons to win that match. But then uh, earlier today, we saw Zambia claim their first win, but it was not enough. They're out of the tournament. Um, Japan absolutely humbled Spain. I don't know. They were both on six points, but then they needed to fight for who finished up of that goal. And um, Japan showed superiority uh, by um, they they qualified with Spain anyways, but then they they, they topped that group. Uh, are they now because they have maximum points from um, all the group games? Is it safe to call them one of the favorites to win the World Cup, the Women's World Cup? I, I just always, you know, with the female football anything can happen like literally yeah so topping that group doesn't actually mean they they will scale through because they might end up meeting um so the, the person that came second, second. in the other group mm. is just oh, imagine the person them. topping the other group that will play spain now that finish second imagine you have it you know spain lost to japan for their years but we know they are really really good you know so 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 you know, like, like like you're saying, I'm um, sorry before I cut you, yeah, let me let you, you know, so, so so let's assume Australia finishes second mm. in, in our group. I, okay. I, I understand that we're going to meet with you know the English uh, uh, group, right? Okay. But imagine a scenario where Australia has to meet with Japan, it might obviously yeah. be a total yeah. different ball game. Yeah. So yeah. so yeah, you know, winning all their games is obviously making a statement, but then and again they weren't the favorite and I wouldn't still count them as the favorite. Okay, okay, sticking with our own group right now and um <laughs> it's crazy because um um we might meet um like you said some the people from the English um, um group. I'll get to that one in a minute. And um looking at um, New Zealand because um they finished with four points but that defeats to the Philippines um he came back to hunt them and they're out of the tournament you yeah. know it's always sad when at least as host nation you expect to get maybe the quarterfinal and you know but then you trust them to continue to support you know the women playing in the tournament anyways but then australia will be looking um to avoid similar scenario and you can already tell by them by them leading the the, 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 uh, the game right now with one zero and um, right now they are on top. Assistance. Nigeria is second as yes. assistants now. Yes. So which two teams do you see progressing from that group up that contains the Falcon? Um, well, we are hoping Falcon, you know, progresses. But assistants, the um, the the Irish team are actually pressing. Okay. You know, um, our our girls assistants, even though the scoreline is still zero zero, okay. they still have about seventy to thirty uh, percent possession and. Um, at the moment, they've had a shot on target. We haven't, so it, it looks as if we are playing what we've been doing before. You yeah. know, being disciplined, holding them back, and you know, when we have that opportunity, the we just hopefully believe we'll, we'll be the first to get good opportunity and score. So, from assistance, right? Um, we are hoping the Falcons still wins. Uh, there's still opportunity for that and so just so we can top that group and avoid England by all means mm. um, Denmark China are no walkover <laughs> but yeah. at least at least you you have this um, bit of extra momentum going yeah. into the yeah. next game yeah then um, there were big results um, Colombia um, they beat Germany <laughs> 2 one also have uh, the, the the cracker of uh, the final before the final <laughs> um, Brazil and France and France edged that one 2 one uh, you know so far, so good. The women's World Cup so far, with what you've seen, with the results that have that have been happening at the World Cup. Uh, what's your take on the overall competition? You know, we've seen it, upsets. It's, it's, it's getting more interesting now. Yeah. There, there was a time with the female football where you could literally predict who is finishing first 
uh, in the group who finished second, literally, and you can bet your money on it that you will be absolutely right. Mm. You could look at it and say, okay, I expect these guys to make it to the quarter, I expect these guys to make it to this round. But <laughs> we're seeing a different game right now. So this makes it more interesting mm. and a more reason why you actually do want to see the games. Mm. I mean, for those that do, you know, bet and stuff, you, you see some odds, crazy, yeah. 1.05. That's to tell you how much of, you know, um, the, the probability there's on that team to win. And like, then we like, have these upsets. Like 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 the Colombia-Germany game now. It, yeah, it's just crazy. imagine, as, um, as, as, no. Nigeria-Australia. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. these are big upsets. Yeah, so um, that's what, um, what's your take on the World Cup so far? Big results over the weekend. Um, Colombia defeated Germany, obviously. Um, just earlier today, Japan just humbled um, Spain 4-0. Uh, we've had um, wins from Morocco. Um, even Zambia won against Costa Rica earlier, um, 3-1. And um, of course, the big one um, between France and um, Brazil that ended 2-1. And right now, um, with the Falcons playing, um, the Republic of Ireland and Australia leading um, Canada 1-0. What's your take so far on the tournament? Just like um, Ike has said, um, you'd like to add to it or do you like um, a different perspective on the Women's World Cup so far? I think it's been a very uh, interesting World Cup, you know, and uh, uh, I mean, there is nothing that can make it even more interesting than the upset that we've been seeing, you know. Mm. Uh, I mean, I've been quite impressed, you know, uh, with uh, the level of uh, competitiveness between the teams. Even though uh, the level, I mean, the level of play from the players that I've seen, you know, I've not, I mean, I don't think I've been impressed with something, but I mean, there's no denying the fact that the level of competitiveness, you know, has been somewhat close. And uh, like I said, you know, there was a time before that easily you predict the teams that are going to top uh, the group at the female World Cup, but it's not like that anyone that, you know, it makes it even more interesting. And, uh, you know, in games whereby we've been expecting uh, a massive scoreline, we've not seen that, you know, uh, case in point, uh, 80 versus uh, uh, England, you know, I was expecting the English ladies, you know, to overrun the 80 and under. It was, it was a 1-0 scoreline, you know, so it shows you that uh, virtually every country now, you know, they are doing something right about the female, uh, I mean, their female football, and uh, it's really interesting, you know, for all of us, you know, to see. Uh, I mean, and uh, going forward, uh, for the you know, or for the group generally, it makes it interesting. And Zambians, you know, getting their first win had the work of you know, makes it even more interesting. But for me, I think the scoreline between uh, Japan and Spain, you know, I, I, I mean, it makes it look like an upset because. Uh, if you watch the Spanish female national team, you know, they become one of the best in the world. But then I'm not surprised that the Japan ladies beat them because if you know Japanese football, uh, I mean Japanese female football, you know that they are one of the top uh, countries in the world. But that scoreline, you know, nobody mm -hmm. saw that scoreline coming. Mm -hmm. Perhaps we're looking at, I mean, we're it, looking it, at it, a tight close match. game, a tight match, but uh, I mean, with uh, the Spaniards having some of the best players in European football, you know, we didn't expect that, but then that is football, and that you know it's interesting to watch going forward. We hope that we are going to see more of what we've seen in the group stage so far. And then a good thing for the African teams as well, you know, there, there was a time when we 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 scratched to even win a game. So I mean, like a draw, a, a draw, like yeah. they, they get to lose all their matches. But now we have 
all of them win at least their game. Yeah, Morocco has a win. Morocco, yeah. Zambia, Zambia has a win. Nigeria, Nigeria. has a win. And South, South Africa, Africa, you know, they, they, they were leading. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they could have they, won that game against you know, Argentina. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So at least they got they still got they got a draw, and um, hopefully let's see how their last game is going to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay, well, guys. Um, New Zealand already out. Let's see if um, Australia. Uh, <laughs> they are top in the group, but we all know how football. Football can be very, very cruel, and uh, those guys can just score two goals <laughs> in the last minute. <laughs> and uh, let, let's let's hope that their defeat against um, um, Nigeria, the Super Falcons, will not come to hurt them the same way um, the New Zealand lost to Philippines and ended up um, seeing them crash out of the tournament. Anyways, tomorrow um, it's Portugal. Uh, versus USA and Vietnam versus Netherlands by 8 a.m. Nigerian time. USA and Netherlands both on four points, while Portugal is on three points, and that's tied group there. Also tomorrow, um, China plays England, while um, AET play Denmark uh, by 12 p.m. Nigerian time. England top that group with six points. Denmark and China are second and third respectively, both on three points. Um, on Wednesday, it's Argentina versus Sweden and South Africa versus Italy uh, by 8 a.m. Um, Nigerian time. Sweden top that group with six points. Italy second. On three points, West South Africa and Argentina are both on one point each. Also on Wednesday, um, Jamaica face Brazil, uh, while France play Panama by 11 a.m. Nigerian time. France is top, um, four points. Jamaica is second <laughs> with four points, and Brazil is third on three points. Now let's just talk about that group quickly uh, before we head to um, uh, the transfers and all that. Um, interesting one, Jamaica, massive underdogs, yeah. massive underdogs. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, they upsetted France. They didn't beat them, but they, they, they played zero zero draw. You know, people didn't take them. They're like, okay, maybe it happens. Uh, they, 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 did, they did their business against Panama. They won one zero. I think I think it's their first win at the World Cup as well, the Women's World yeah. Cup as well, if I'm not mistaken. Now they have four points. Joint tied with France, with France. On, on four points. Yeah. And the mighty Brazil is three points behind them. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see them progressing from the group? Because of their final game, they will play Brazil. Uh, who, who have no choice than to just beat them if they can but then they will take a lot of confidence from their first two games and be heading into that Brazilian game and the Brazilians should know underrate these girls because um, France, they, they have their job cut out for them beat Panama, secure qualification which they should do or at least get a draw um, which it should be enough for them might be enough for them you know. but then it's about Brazil and Jamaica now do you think Jamaica can survive at the expense of Brazil? Uh, now I I, I I I mean, Jamaica have done an amazing job as it is um, against Brazil. Who knows that it's their final game? You win, you qualify, you you draw. They are you know out mm. uh, you know as it is. So I think it's gonna be a tough call for <laughs> Jamaica <laughs> in that last game. But but hey, they grabbed a, a draw, you know against France. Against France. Who says they can you know? Get another draw mm. against uh, uh, Brazil, but mm. if you ask me, I'll say Brazil will take down one home um, mm. against the Jamaicans. Uh, they they will obviously um, come into that game with a better tactics mm. uh, to 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 deliver the game. They are fast, they are swift, they've got good uh, technique. Um, so they've got energy. Yeah. We, we we like we like underdog story. That's uh, what. <laughs> so losing losing against France. Um, Probably, you know, I wouldn't say it's 50-50, but that's not much of a surprise, you know, to anybody, uh, you know, with the two teams. Um, grab what they did from Panama. So against Jamaica, I don't know. I, I see, I see Brazil progressing. But hey, um, I, I'm wishing them the same thing. I'm wishing uh, Falcons, just as we weren't expecting them to come out, <laughs> they grab that win and uh, yeah, they draw. Yeah. 
and you know who says they can't progress as well yeah the world cup being um a tournament of upsets and um, <laughs> you know the underdog story like i was um calling this month attention to earlier uh do you see jamaica, jamaica surviving that group and progressing um into the round of some um, 16. they they are already on four points and uh, i'm sure at the beginning of this tournament nobody you know saw them after two games you know getting four points you know in a team that comprises of uh, the almighty france and the almighty brazil so already they put themselves on the verge of qualifying for the next round of the tournament and uh, i mean and as far as this world cup is concerned we've seen that team that we don't actually you know since we didn't give the chance you know to stand against uh, their superior opponents you know i've gone ahead and get results against them. So who says that they can't do it against uh, the Brazilian? As far as experience goes, you know, they don't have the experience of the Brazilian ladies and that, uh, you know, that we know that technically, you know, and tactically, you know, the Brazilian also will be ahead of the Jamaicans. But it's all, I mean, it's, it's just 90 minutes and it's all about these ladies, you know, try as much as possible, you know, to fight for their country, defend, I mean, defend the badge of their country and i mean who says they can't do it they've done it against uh france already by picking a point who says that match cannot end up in a draw and you know the jamaicans you know getting the results that they need you know to qualify for the next stage of the tournament which would be very very massive for their football but it is a big and a daunting task you know to do for them it is not Andrew. All right, um, let's quickly look at some football news and some transfer news as well. Um, Man United have agreed a 10-year extension to their partnership with Adidas worth a minimum of £900 million. And um, the new deal with the German kit manufacturer will run until June 2035 after their previous 10-year deal having been worth £750 million. Meanwhile, American owners, the Glazer family, are still in talks um, over the sale of the club. You see, that's why they are one of the biggest clubs now, when they secure deals like this and, um, you know, they can now spend plenty of money to sign the likes of um, <laughs> um, Rasmus, still sticking with Man United. Um, they've agreed, um, over the weekend, they agreed a £72 million deal um, to sign Danish striker um, Rasmus, Rasmus Olu um, from Atalanta, um, the 20-year-old. Uh, we joined the Red Devils for about £64 million plus a potential £8 million, £8 million in add-ons. Um, Olu, who joined Atalanta in August 2022, scored 10 goals in 34 appearances last season. Um, he will sign a five-year deal with option of an additional um, season. I guess, uh, <laughs> uh, your take on, guys, what's your take on um, the Man United deal and, um, and um, um, the, the spending 72 million pounds um, on a 20-year-old? I know we spoke about this on Friday of uh, this month, uh, but then it's actually happening. And um, I think we, we spoke about it extensively um, for a minute about, um, you know, the 20-year-old leading the line, if he can do it and all that. Uh, but then, you know, I think um, Eric Ten Hag likes the player and, um, you know, if deals like the Adidas deal keep coming in, I guess they shouldn't worry about um, spending all that money. But one thing I want to complain about is this. Nobody can say, no Man United fan should say that the Glazer, maybe they, didn't, they don't used to say that anyways. Uh, the, Glazer, the Glazer family are not investing in the club or I don't know what their problem is. Because if they, they've released money over and over, I think some, I saw a stat, I don't know how true that is, that um, Ten Hag has spent um, more money than, uh, I don't know, for the football uh, auditors them <laughs> mostly Arsenal fans <laughs> I don't know but then you know my United fans cannot complain that the Glazers are not supporting the club 
Uh, well, uh, it will wear the shoe, no wear its pinches, you know. And I mean, obviously, Manchester United have been spending money over the years. The problem is the fact that they've not been spending, you know, in the right way. Uh, but uh, a whole lot of their fans will tell you that uh, this is actually a club that generates so much revenue. So I think the argument has been the fact that uh, the Glazers are taking money away from the club. They are not spending their own personal money like uh, uh, Abramovich, uh, 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 this Man City owner, you know, that they've been doing. I think that's, that has always been the bone of contention. But uh, talking about the players that you know they got, I think uh, spending that huge amount of money on that uh, talented striker is not per se about what uh, Rasmussen has done, you know, with Atalanta per se. I think it's about its potentials, and you know, we uh, I mean, in, in recent season we've seen how, especially since last season, we, I mean, we've seen how inflated. Uh, the market price has been you know it keeps soaring high and all of that and i think that's and uh for a player that is still you know on a lengthy contract with uh with atalanta before and they didn't want to sell so we know that they were going to hold on to their price asset and uh, try as much as possible you know to squeeze or and i mean oh, okay that's the right <laughs> word you know to make manchester united you know uh for how much they can squeeze out of them so for me uh it's all about this player especially if the manager trusts him and know that he can maximize the undoubted potential that he has i mean that this player is having and we know that age is never a barrier as far as the talent is there and the manager find a system you know that works for player like that age is I mean, age is never a barrier. We've seen young players, you know, doing it these days. How old was Mbappe when he was tearing, uh, I mean, French League one under the Champions League apart? How old was Messi when he was already dominating the, I mean, the world of football? So for me, if you United feel that this is the player that they need, it, it is a good buy for me. Anyways, uh, moving on to Arsenal. Uh, they are exploring a deal to sign Brentford goalkeeper um, David Raya. Um, as an Arsenal fan, well, how do you feel about this Super deal? excited. Super excited. Um, needed? We, uh, yeah, needed because we're actually looking at parting ways with our uh, United States goalkeeper that, that we just acquired. So, um, I mean, when you have someone, you know, as such as your, um, you know, op op optional goalkeeper, I mean, how much of confidence? You know, do you really now need? You get what I mean. And we we are, we are going on the European um, league now, yeah. uh, so we definitely need a keeper that we can beat our chest um, in confidence when he's at the back. And see, it, it, go check the stats last season. I, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure uh, that he ranked among the top six best goalkeepers. You know, he did amazing job for Brentford last season. Um, apart from the fact that the, the players themselves, I think he scored the highest FPL points for goalkeeper last season, if I'm not mistaken. You that know, I, I wanted I wanted to say he's among the top three, but you know, I wouldn't want you know guys vultures will <laughs> come at me. God, God, come at me for that. But but he's definitely uh, he would definitely be an amazing signing for Arsenal. Mm. I mean, if you're trying to break back into top four, you are you are trying to show that. You're, you're part of the big boys again. Mm. These, these are some of the things you need to 
to put in place. And you know, give it to Arsenal. We've been producing one of the best keepers in the Premier League and, and subletting it to you know to guys uh, to sample. So I think we have eyes for for good keepers when we see them. <laughs> the price 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 tag is between thirty to forty thousand now. Forty sorry, thirty to forty m <laughs> million now. That that might look huge, but I think he's got potential. If we have the money to spend on that. Uh, why not? Uh, speaking about um, the money, uh, Bayern Munich are also set to step up their efforts to sign this same Raya. Bayern Munich uh, is out. Yes, after having their loan offer rejected. But then there's there's this talk that uh, I think he would favour a move um, to Arsenal because, of course, Brentford is in London. I think he's settled in London already. Uh, but then uh, I wouldn't want to rule Bayern Munich out, though. No, Bayern Munich is actually totally out of the race yesterday. Oh. Yeah, yeah. They they were going. They were they were they were trying to, um, you know. Uh, come through the loan and this is a guy that has just a year left on his contract so what do you want to do get him on loan for a year and what now just sign him off for free no Bradford is not going to let that happen no. in the first I, so I, don't, I do not really really think it was just about the London uh, the, um, you know his residential uh, issue though he London. prefers Arsenal as well mm. right but, but Bayern Munich came into you know the business First, before Arsenal, and, <laughs> and then they gave a, an option that Brentford was never going to accept. Uh, I mean, it is obvious that Bayern Munich actually needs a goalkeeper, and I'm wondering how someone, you know, would decide to choose Arsenal. <laughs> no, no, just hold on, let me finish. Not, not because of trophies or all of that, because obviously it's going to be a backup to Ramsey, you know, because there is no absolutely no way that it's mm. going to unsolve. Uh, Ramsey, Ramsey in that Arsenal hierarchy, no way. And this is a goalkeeper that already is in the Spanish national team. So I'm wondering, going, I mean, going to Arsenal to be a backup or going to Bayern Munich, you know, to get a regular playing time because Mane Noah, whether we like it or not, is no longer the player that he, I mean, no longer the goalkeeper that he used to be. Apart, I mean, aside the fact that he's been played with injuries these days, you know, is also very old. So we know that Bayern Munich actually need because if you look at last season, Jan Soma was actually the one in goal for them, and Jan Soma is not that. Uh, I, I mean, it's not at the level that you know they really want their goalkeeper to be. So I'm wondering why De Viraya, you know, would want to become a second choice, you know, or goalkeeper at Arsenal rather than fighting for the number. And this is simply because this is someone like Riley said is among the best goalkeeper. I mean, was among the best goalkeeper in the English Premier League last season. Yeah. And as far as the Spanish national team is concerned, you know, we know that they have a new manager now. Unai Simo is currently the number one. But that number one is not even, you know, absolutely is right now. So he has the chance to even fight, fight for, for that jersey. So I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm questioning his logic. I mean, it's I, I mean, it's reasoning, so it doesn't make sense to me I, in I, any way. I guess, I guess he will tell us once um, he signs. I, I absolutely agree with him, right? When I when I saw that that he said, now, nah, I wasn't going to question his choice, if you know the the choice of Arsenal, if it wasn't his decision, because initially I was looking at it that the, the deal was not going to fall through with Bayern Munich because it's it's a loan deal, and Brentford was not going to let out their player who has a year contract, a good keeper at that. On a loan deal with Bayern Munich, so I thought, well, Arsenal is ready to pay better money. Until I actually found out that Raya himself 
actually preferred Arsenal. So even if Bayern was coming with the money and the choice was down to him, unless if someone else now advises him, he was ready to go for Arsenal. Personally, I do not get now. Yeah, because I felt at Bayern one, you are sure of trophy. Um, you are you are sure of having uh, an outstanding. Playing Champions League and an outstanding season, as, as it were, you know, for the few times where ball will slip. You made some amazing saves like that, you know, when whatever, you know, the, the strikers that get through their defence line, you get... And he gets to play for the bigger club. Well, he gets to play for the bigger club. <laughs> so, so I mean, that, that's obviously the reason why I didn't understand it. But, hey, I'm an Arsenal fan mm. and, and that was just um, an amazing news mm. for me because having two outstanding goalkeepers in your team in case of injury um to one you know you have a backup now don't forget we have four tournaments to be in active tournament to be so so this guy would could it literally quadruple you guys are very very credible come on this, this guy could literally uh, you know start f- uh, on our fa cup and um Cup. and calling cup, you know, cup and Kalin was coming to my by no he's not Anymore. So yeah, so he he could literally start those games, uh, and then we are we are certain that he will start some Premier League games mm-hmm. as well. You know, give him that footing because he is um, a, a, a you know number one goalkeeper from where he's coming from, and we know he's good. Mm-hmm. So. He knows what he's looking Brentford for. And who says? Who says he can't unseat Ramsdale? Mm. Brentford already signed. Can't. Brentford already signed the replacement, though. So, <laughs> so, so he has to move. He, he has, has to, to move this summer. So yeah. I, I think Brentford has. I think the manager Thomas Frank said it's no secret that uh, Bre- um, Raya wants to move, and I think they are looking at, like you said, thirty to forty million pounds for him. Anyway, sticking about, um, still sticking about um, preference. I asked um, Arsenal are keen. To sign Ghana attacking midfielder Mohamed Kudus from Ajax, and uh, Mohamed Kudus himself has expressed a strong preference um, for joining Arsenal over Chelsea. Uh, where do you see Kudus uh, landing? <laughs> I, I don't know. Nothing much has been done. So um, until then, I, I, I just you know. He has already just like Raya. He prefers to join Arsenal over Chelsea. So but have Arsenal made the you know verbally? Open attempt the way so we maybe have Arsenal with Raya. Okay, that's that's my point. Okay. With Raya, Arsenal has been out about Raya, but you know, not the same with you know with him. Yeah, Desmond could uh, Kudus, Kudus expressing his interest in joining Arsenal over Chelsea as a Chelsea fan. Would you still want him to join Chelsea? I've been saying this in the group that I don't want him, not because he's not talented, not because he's not good, but I just feel that at this point in time, Chelsea should be looking for more experienced players. I don't see the rationality be, I mean, behind spending uh, use some of money on players that are 20, 21, someone, 22 years someone, old. Someone you said know, Chelsea's I mean, by a hustler. I, I, I mean, so I don't get it. And uh, for me, I think already we are loaded in area where we have players of similar profile already. So why go? So it's stockpiling for me already. The same problem we are trying to solve. Yeah, yeah, it's solved. Then we are, yeah. I, I mean, we are bringing it back. So for me, it's it gladdens my heart that he's choosing that he will be choosing Arsenal or he prefers Arsenal. <laughs> and if Arsenal goes for him, good luck to them on that front. He gladdens my heart. Still sticking with Chelsea. Chelsea are reached an agreement to sign defender Axel De Sassi from Monaco for 45 million euros. I'm the right-sided centre back will provide cover for the injured Wesley Fofana, who has been ruled out for several months after undergoing 
anterior crochet ligament surgery. Uh, Benyard Badiashil is also currently injured that will not be fit until after the start of the English Premier League. While Thiago Silva, uh, Trevor Chaluba and Levi Colwell are the other options in defence as things stand. Um, goodbye. Uh, bad bye. I mean, uh, I mean, we can't say it's a good or bad bye because we obviously don't know much about this player other than you know hearing his name a couple of times. I mean, uh, I don't think I saw any of Monaco game that much last season. I mean, in the and the Europa Lugo State where they were playing, I didn't see their matches more than a couple of minutes. So I can't really say if it's a bad buy. Uh, but then the thing that we know about him is that he was actually available for all of their matches last season. We showed that physically, you know, this is a player, you know, that is top notch. And we know that Chelsea actually needs a central, you know, mm. defender right now, someone that I think that can cover for this indoor player. And as much as uh, Thiago Silva is also fit now, we also have to factor in that he's, I mean, he's actually a very old man, so he's not going to be there all season. So we need bodies in that area, and that we cannot rely on the likes of Humphreys, you know, who was actually very, very impressive in this preseason. But then, hey. You know, this is Chelsea, and that we know that we are not going to rely on youngsters throughout the, I mean, the whole length of the, I mean, of the season. So, uh, it is a good addition. But your question of being, if it's a good or bad buy, you know, only time will tell. Yeah, because um, we signed up by the shield for Monaco. That we are getting this guy, practically picking Monaco centre back. Is this? Um, yeah. We also signed the sporting director. <laughs> so, and is, is this what? Is this just a case of this sporting director bringing these guys, or they did proper scouting and feel that this guy fits the Chelsea style? Because I'm actually concerned. Uh, I'm indifferent about the transfer. Personally, I'm indifferent about it. Yeah, personally, but I'm just I, concerned. You know, but personally, I would have loved for us, you know, perhaps, you know, to go back to Crystal Palace and, you know, explore the. Uh, the uh, I mean, the Goyi deal and see if we can bring him back. This is someone you know who was uh, in the young rank of the team. You know, got a yeah. couple of first team appearances, and we've saw him for the last two seasons with Crystal Palace. That is actually a solid uh, defender, I, I, and he knows the league I, very I, well. I, I, feel, I feel with the Goyi deal, he he left Chelsea because he wanted to be playing regularly. I mean, coming back to Chelsea, I don't think just like Kowe who won't guarantee um, um, that he wants to be playing, and he will look at. The likes of Trevor Shaloba there and um, what's his name, um, Thiago Silva, and feels Trevor Shaloba cannot be ahead of him be because this is a player that has Why? gotten. I mean, this is a player that has gotten call up, you know, to English uh, national team already. I mean, mm -hmm. we are talking about a player that I mean that has been consistent in the league for the past two seasons. So already he mm -hmm. has that mm -hmm. edge over Trevor Shaloba, and uh, I, I, I mean, and like I've been saying all season right now, apart from Thiago Silva. We don't have that other defender I, that his position is assured in that team already. I feel the only the only thing that he has over Trevor Chaluba is um, he has played more minutes, and it's because he's playing for Crystal Palace. If he's, if he's playing for Chelsea, he'll probably be in the same situation that Trevor Chaluba is in. And there's a reason why Inter Milan is looking at Trevor Chaluba. She understand because Inter whether we like always look at when, whether we like it or not, he's highly rated. And you know, for a few times we've seen him in preseason, he was solid. And for a few times that he's been called upon, he has been solid. So I cannot rate Gwei over Trevor Chaluba because one has a guaranteed starting lineup. I feel if Trevor, Trevor Chaluba was at Crystal Palace as well, he will have the same number of minutes as Gwei. That's just my opinion. I, I, I mean, that's I just my know, I just, but, I'm just countering no. your point that you can rate him above mm -hmm. Trevor Chaluba. No, he mm -hmm. may have more minutes, but see, as far as playing is concerned, 
One thing is to play for Chelsea. Another thing is to play for Crystal Palace. No. There are the levels to that I don't like is is that whenever you look at him, he looks like a player you know that you know that is always fidgeting, and uh, we know no. that this was a player that stood toe to toe with uh, what is the this um, Luis Diaz of Liverpool in the cup finals. So I don't understand the fidgeting that you are talking about. Under Thomas, he was a very young defender then, and at from that time, he has like close to his. A season over a season under his belt now, so I don't understand where you are saying where is that fidgeting coming from. Abi, is he another FA Cup final? I saw that uh, was James. James about James Cup final. No, no, no. I, I don't say that fidgeting. Abi, a day. He's young. That was what I was thinking about. Generally, I mean, even Titus Bramble of old. You know, there were times that Titus Bramble looked. I mean, always like the best defender. He never, he never looked like the best defender. If it's the same Titus for Titus Bramble we are talking about, he never looked like he's like you're No. Maybe you need to go back and watch. Like, 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 Titus, Titus Bramble, hero. Never. Anyways, let me try and pick some calls before we leave here. I've the number to call is 0702 Guys, you guys have to be quick about it. Um, also, I see here that Chelsea attempted to negotiate a cash plus player deal to bring PSG forward Kylian Mbappé to Stamford Bridge this summer. But then PSG are expecting Real Madrid to make an extremely low and insulting late offer for Mbappé. <laughs> <laughs> this PSG and the Mbappé's saga, I don't know. Do you see Mbappé still? Do you still see Mbappé moving this summer? Guys, <laughs> we can't tell. Only Mbappé knows exactly what he's playing at. Um, because the, the, the big question is if he has to leave, then where? We need to start with that. PSG feels um, he has some sort of secret agreement, secret deal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah with, um, and we will uh, believe with, that. With he definitely, it's not a secret. I mean, he just, he, he, no, they feel he already has a secret deal. With Real Madrid to join them for free, or perhaps you know that's why you know um, they feel Mbappe only wants to join Real Madrid. Anyways, there's a there's a world class. Uh, that's, 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 that's what we're that's what we're saying. It's not his secret, right? He knows what's in it for him when he leaves for free to Real Madrid, you know, and and whether they've discussed this thing beforehand or not, it would definitely place him on a better financial package. With Real Madrid as a stance because he's living for free, and then he gets to play for his dream club. So um, I I don't know I don't know if you can force his hand say maybe More sign sign yes I don't know how they're gonna go about it I don't know the rules of the games that would um, you know make him you know to ensure he signs for another club right now which club is moving right now as aside from Saudi Arabia. Which other club in, in Europe aside Real Madrid have actually made the outright move of bidding for him to get him away from PSG? Mm. Mm. Or is PSG now going to force him to choose a club? To that choose a club. Or are they going to you know not like gift him away but like beckon and say, oh Man City, see we have these guys to sell, just give us a certain amount of money. And you know so it, it, it's crazy now. Don't forget they they are they also you know, at least pretending to be ready to bench him if he's not gonna play. I call it pretense. Yeah, but, <laughs> all, the, all those ones are threats. So we we'll never know. We'll never know. <laughs> Anyways, I'm still um I'm speaking about Saudi. I'm Saudi Arabian club Al Hali. I'm once to sign Fiorentina midfielder Sofia Nabrabat, who is also a target for my United. <laughs> These people have come again. <laughs> um, 
it's it's an open secret. Let me use you people's terms. That um, <laughs> my United has been targeted. I'm um, Sophia and about um all summer so far. And um, now that these Alali, um, the Saudi Pro Leagues are, Alali are in the mix, um, how do you see this one playing out? Mind you, the Saudi clubs have a profile, um, Muslim. They are targeting other players, anyways, but it fits into the profile looking at the Sadio Mane, Kalidou Koulibaly, Riyad Barrios, Akim Ziyech. So it fits into that profile of the kind of players, of course, it's, it's, no, it's an open secret that Saudi is a Muslim country, mostly, if not. Um, most let me just do let me protect myself yeah, mostly it, it is, it is <laughs> so so um the lure of sofia joining the saudi pro league um knowing fully well that um, my united have been open about purchasing him um do you see how do you see this one playing out is it is, do you think you will choose my united um over Alali? i'm not sure if you will if you will choose Alali or if we choose uh, Manchester United, I mean that is something that you know we cannot look into his heart and say that we prefer <laughs> one of these things. But then we, I mean, we surely know that uh, Saudi Arabia have all it takes, you know, to lure him, you know, everything, you know, to lure this player, money, mm. religion, you know, the lifestyle, mm. and all of that. Uh, but I think for me. Uh, what this is telling us is that if Manchester United really need this player, then they will have to act fast now. It would have become their player if they had if they had fast, you know, initially. Because if you think that this is a position that you need a player, I don't know the lead, I mean what they've been dealing, darling, you know, all summer for mm. the same position that Chelsea are with Caicedo right now, a bit that you know we've been making moves anyway, but a move that we know that is not going to get that player. Mm. That's the sort of thing that they too, you know, that, that they've been. <laughs> they've, they've, they are, you know? I think they are. They but have one thing is this: okay. if you think that players will want to choose European uh, football because it is strong, you know, it is strong. That is where the thing. You must also know that with the profile of players that have been going to Saudi Arabia League this season. That league is going to be strong as well. I mean, plus this player gets to earn some figures of money that even as rich as they are, they've always been imagining before. Mm. You know, I am not sure that in the life of uh, Amrabat, he would have been looking at himself and says that one day I'm going to earn close to 250, 300,000 pounds, you know, or 300,000 dollars per week. But with Saudi now, you know, it will be ending that coupled with the fact that it doesn't have to travel for the only year. It's just it's <laughs> just Morocco. It's mean, just, just true. Just, just cross the ocean. All right, <laughs> let, let's let's close the show with this. Um, is it gossip? Um, did <laughs> um, Arsenal have also expressed an interest in Napoli attacker Kipcha um, Karachilia? <laughs> Do you see this one happening anytime soon? I just feel you guys are stockpiled in that position. Why are you expressing an interest in this guy? He's gossip anyways, it's not really um, full-blown news yet, so... Yeah, well, it's gossip. The Napoli sensation. How do I get to gossip? You guys are buying... You guys are targeting serious players now. You guys don't... I'm not the player. They talk like say we don't buy 10. But I don't buy 10. Simba, Rice... Three, actually. Ava! Three. Generational ballers. We're hoping to get These are generational ballers. We yeah. have many wood. Imagine you had this Karachilia to it. That bed. 
I put the, the, the potential did, is limitless. Did, did a decent job at Monaco. You know, the other thing you're talking about, uh, what's his name from the defense. Uh, 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 yeah. Uh, the thing is, Monaco did a decent job last season. Napoli. Again, Napoli. Napoli. <laughs> so, but it's it's an interest, right? Mm-hmm. Um, an interest was could have you know dated back to say two seasons ago or a season ago. But I, I don't know if Arsenal actually means that business until uh, we table something. So until then. We're just going to keep gossiping about it. <laughs> See, we didn't even have to gossip about Ryan. And I think it's gossip for me. I don't think Arsenal will be moving for yeah. at this moment because already the the outlook of attacking talent in that area. And I think for me, uh, it will upset the balance of the team if they go for someone like that. And plus, see, they know that it's not going to come cheap. And I don't think Arsenal is that club. You know that deals with this crazy uh, club owners. So, uh, aside that, I don't think it's it's an area that Arsenal will be looking to strengthen right now. So, it's just gossip. Anyways, um, I think that's that for now. Um, should we touch this keeper? Okay. Um, this, one, this one is for you. Chelsea are interested in Brighton. <laughs> Goalkeeper Robert Sanchez with the Blues boss Paris Pochettino having given the go-ahead for the club to move and for the Spanish goalkeeper. She wants to kill this club. No, it's not that she wants to kill this club. It's, is that she we don't like even our own sanity? Me, I mean because uh, <laughs> I, 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 I mean obviously this is a I mean for someone that you 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 need desperately, mm. you've not even concluded the deal already, and you know that this is another key player for that same club, and it's not going to come cheap for God's sake, and they will do whatever it takes to see. It's another price asset of that club, so it's. It's not going to be easy. So, I, I mean, I don't understand. Raya is there. I mean, Raya is actually a very achievable target. Yeah. Dan, very, I, I mean, actually, Dan Sanchez. Just, I mean, actually, Dan Sanchez. Yeah. So, I mean, and whether you like it or not, yes, we're not tired. I mean, <laughs> see, I don't tire. Just, I mean, just give us your closing take, and we're give you. Chelsea and Todd Bowley. Robert, please talk to them. They should let us breathe. <laughs> they should allow us now. On that note, that's what drops the mic. <laughs> I, I also, I also want to say that um, the um, Nigeria Island Irish yes, game. Yes, what's the result of zero zero at half time? Australia, Australia, Canada is two zero at half time. Um, uh, Russell scored at the ninth minute, and then she scored another one at the thirty ninth minute. Mm. So, and they are strong. They are, they are showing strength. You know, in all angles, Happy three, three shots, Some three care. shots on target from Australia, zero shots on target from Canada. Mm. They are buzzing that game. And the Republic of Ireland are actually bossing they, us. I, I, as well. Yeah, I said that earlier. <laughs> you know, that they are really bossing us. But but then we, we might not be too worried because us, uh, uh, Canada bossed us. Australia at a certain time looked like they bossed us. We were disciplined, yeah, yeah. you know, and we so, got the job so boss done. Us, they should, the they should the know better. They should keep bossing as long as we keep winning. We keep them as <laughs> What what a yeah. wonderful sign-off speech! <laughs> <laughs> That's all we can take today on the show. Thanks to Ike the Godman Ukoya and of course the Sporty Playmaker Adegoke for coming through on the show today. Thanks also to everybody who tuned in to us and listened to the program Talk Football Talk Sport. Thank you guys so so much. And Football Extra Return on Wednesday by 5 p.m. So please try and make a date with us. Also, do not forget our Talk Football Talk Sport on Mondays 
is um, by 11 a.m. and on Fridays by 4 p.m. We are located at Empire Building Number One, the Federal Arroyo Street, behind BJ Police Station, um, at Oshokoti Layout, um, adjacent Olufum Apure Undo State. So kindly patronize us by advertising, sponsoring, or promoting your goods and services with us here at Empire Radio, uh, where we be guaranteed um, nothing but the very best service on radio. God bless you all. Stay safe out there. This is Jerry Afoma, the Jade Wonder, and I'm signing out.